0: so the only name i could come up for with this one was danger tool
1: danger tool
0: yeah because nothing else really
1: worked for combining the band names yeah that's true i mean although with the very arty songs you could do like cinema tool like that would be (laughs) that's although that might be yeah that might be too too aggressive (laughs)
2: <laughs> too aggressive
0: <laughs> yeah I don't want any titles to be too possibly offensive or intense for potential listeners yeah you don't want to leave anybody out hmm. well uh, hello everyone and welcome to shuffle please make sure you listen to the five songs that we will be discussing on this week's episode there will be links to a Spotify and YouTube playlist in this episode's description and today for the first time ever my good friend Eric Johnston is joining me Yay. It's me. How's it going, Eric? Hey, can't complain. Happy happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year.
1: Are you now now we're into the actual relaxation part of the holidays. <laughs> when that, they're over with? Now that they're done, <laughs> you can take a moment to breathe. And
0: you can just sit there and dread until next year when it yeah. all happens again.
1: Yeah, until the next week where you just get shoved right back <laughs> into the mess. Nice. So, uh Eric is
0: a good friend of mine. He's had a huge influence on my musical taste and showed me what punk rock music is. is he, <laughs> he's a punksman. I believe that's what you guys call yourselves. Yeah, punk's uh, master. Uh, a punksmaster. A <laughs> punksmaster. Yeah,
1: that's the technical term.
0: Is it like a black belt like where you get like... But it's like different colored mohawks or Mm -hmm. liberty spikes.
1: You add a liberty spike.
2: (laughs) Every time you
1: level up. Each degree that you go up into the uh, Six Sigma punk rock (laughs) system. (laughs) Six Sigma,
0: the most punk rock thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: (laughs) It's a lot more corporate than you'd expect. Yeah,
0: it's very like if you've ever taken a productions and operations management class in college, that's legitimately... What
1: Sid Vicious is all about. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. If you don't remember the punk chapter, then you were asleep. You're not
0: a true punk master. You're asleep. As, you were as asleep the punk in that master class. say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> as the sixth degree Sigma would say. Uh,
0: so, did you have any? Uh, not. I'm not trying to throw this on you, but were there any albums that really stuck out this
1: year for you that oh,
0: you wanted to mention? or
1: Big time. Just big time. I, wrote a, I wrote a little bit of a list here. It was, but it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough because this year had a lot of returning acts, like, like a lot of favorite acts coming back, which is really tough because then that always really slants your perspective.
0: Yeah, it's like how much is the bias coming in? Yeah,
1: especially when you have such great albums coming out days before the end of the year
0: yeah a lot of shit just dropped in like the last month or the la- so
1: even yeah in just the last week in itself two heavyweights with run the jewels finally dropped you know not finally three weeks early dropping. three weeks early rtj3 which i guess it shouldn't be a surprise because they've done this before already but i would have i have to put that album as one of my favorite just because it's like i said in um a band that's an old favorite and that this album really kind of stepped away from the intensity of the previous two albums yeah, which
0: you, you can tell like this was i think the first time they like took a long time to actually make an album so you can tell like it wasn't all just flash and pretty uh, what's the word i'm like it wasn't all just like
1: we're all bangers yeah
0: there was like a lot of like thought and time and effort, it felt put into each track. Yeah,
1: and there, I mean, there are definitely still bangers on the album, but yeah, it's a lot more introspective and a lot more thoughtful in the beats and the rap, even the raps, too, when you look at them. It's a lot more introspective, which is nice. That's why I had to put it up there, because it's showing a different side of RTJ, and it might be where they really go, cool, you know, in the future. You, I mean, you don't know, because... How, when you look back, how can you go from RTJ One to RTJ Two and expect that there'd be even more yeah. aggression and anger? And, there has <laughs> to be
0: a point where it calms down yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, but now where do you go from there?
0: Great Danny Brown feature
1: too. An incredible verse. That was the far and away the best track, and largely in part because of Danny Brown. Yeah, totally. But speaking of those old classics, I had to put not the actual events on there, just.
0: Yeah, okay, so what do you think of Nine Inch Nails? Not the actual events.
1: I at first the album, the, the uh, was it an album? I, EP, yeah. like it's only like five tracks. Yeah, it's a lot of places listed as an album, but I don't know if that's fair. I mean, I guess it's probably the length of an album now, anyway. But the at first listen, it just kind of felt tired. At first listen, first impression, it felt tired. It kind of seemed uninspired when you'd hear a lot of these, kind of throwbacks to older Nine Inch Nails ones. Especially they're like a pretty hate machine. You can hear a lot of that kind of production era. Oh,
0: definitely, kind of tinny and very. It didn't have like the, the layered sound that like Downward Spiral and the Fragile had. Exactly, it was much more on the surface.
1: Yeah, and fewer voices, tracks too, like which I really, really liked. So that's what draw me back, drew me back to listen to it again. And on my second through, my second listen through, it just really, I'm glad I went back to it because the lyrics are just what I wrote it here was, it's the familiar production aspect, but it still was able to show this new and vulnerable lyricism out of Nine Inch Nails that you think after twenty. 25 years, 20... he be done with that. Like, how? Do, where do you keep finding these places? Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Well, and especially after, like... I don't know how much you listen to, like, Hesitation Marks, but that very... It kind of felt kind of like this, like... This top dog kind of guy. Like, it was... It still... It wasn't all bravado and machismo, but for Trent, it was very much like, look, I know I'm this aging icon, but I'm still here, and this is what I am. But, yeah, not the actual events. There was, like, kind of this, like manic desperation and kind of like questioning i guess maybe that feeling he had on hesitation marks or something almost i don't know yeah
1: yeah i can see what you're yeah. saying and i think that's part that's a big part of what draws comparisons to pretty hate machine again cuz that's a pretty similar place like looking you know looking down at your feet and kicking the rocks on the ground like yeah. oh, you know what am i doing you know not sure kind of thing exactly and that I, I just love how it really did recapture that energy. I totally agree. But I don't know. Should I keep going here? Yeah, go for I'm it. Sure.
0: We got nothing but time.
1: I put a... I had to put Deerhoof on there. The Magic by Deerhoof. I did not listen to that. Actually, was, I don't even think I know who Deerhoof is. There's Deerhoof, they're a legendary... They're... They're. I mean, they're art rock behemoths, really. They, they've they been making music since, I mean, the early 2000s, Late
0: is their lead singer have like a solo project too, or am I thinking of someone else?
1: Oh, they all do art. They're all in, a okay. bunch of stuff. So there's I wouldn't just, be surprised. I just haven't followed them much so outside many, the band. There's so many deer bands. Yeah, deer. Deer Hunter. Hunter the Deer, deer
0: Hunter. Deer Hunter, deer, deer Hunter. One word. I, th- I think I've heard of. I've heard the name Deerhoof, but I can't, in good conscience, say like I've ever sat down and listened to a song and be like, okay, I'm listening to a Deerhoof song. Mm, yeah. So this new album's pretty good.
1: I love it. I love it, and it's. This is kind of tough because it's an old favorite again too. But I really feel like it. They were able to gra- grab, you know, grab onto something unique to show, which might be the same thing as other albums. But they managed to find this nice. This is why I have to come back to this band again and again because they find this such nice line between the hard work that they put into writing and how much fun the music is. Like how much fun they're having and sure. Like, I just love that line that they put into that band.
0: Well, and it feels like that fun probably comes along with a band that has so much history and experience. Like, it's probably kind of like, it's so second nature to put out an album now that they can just live in it rather than, like, probably be worried about, oh, is anyone going to like this or hate it? Yeah,
1: is is anyone going to like it? Or can we put it together even yeah. like if we try to put this together it isn't gonna have any legs and every time it's just and it's got legs it's out of the park every time i just can't get over that man it's got hooves hooves yeah although i have to give for this album the magic i have to give such huge props to their drummer because i mean they have those prog pop and rock vibes and i mean at times psychedelic but I mean, just I mean, I guess with any band, you know, that rhythm section, the way he holds that insanity together is just, to me, it's magical. I really like it. So he's <laughs> he's better
0: than Jeff, is what you're saying. He's better, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm,
1: sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jeff.
0: I don't think Jeff listens to this, but if he does, yeah. sorry, Jeff. If he does, you gotta step it up. Get on that deer hoof level. Yeah,
1: actually, I'm not sorry.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> 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 oh yeah. I guess not to interrupt, but I guess. People should know that this probably is, this is not the first time that Eric's voice has showed up on Shuffle. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. During our musician showcase episode, his band, The Misanthropes, played a track, and it was one of the rare tracks that Eric sings on, and not Nick Henry. Yeah. So if well, you if you remember this sweet crooning voice, but, <laughs> that's so why.
1: The only track so far that we've released that we've released. Anyway.
0: Do you have other ones that you've sang on that just haven't made out of the gate?
1: No. 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 Okay. Not recorded anyway. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what about you? Do you want to throw some albums in here? Yeah, I I mean I have some but I'm... I don't... maybe we could
0: No, I can I can throw some in there too. I'm still trying to like completely figure I was trying to think come up with like a top five list and like every time I feel like I have one down, it like it's... switches up on me. Yeah, it just gets away from you. Like yeah. Someone I mean, this one, is
1: not my first one. This is probably my fourth or... Fourth or fifth <laughs> attempt. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I mean, not the actual events is for sure on mine as well. Uh, Danny Brown's uh, exhibition, exhibition Atrocity. Atrocity, Atrocity, Atrocity Exhibition. exhibition. Uh, that's probably on it. Uh, Frank Frank Ocean's Blonde. I think if we hadn't done like the episode about it, it probably wouldn't be on my list, but like, I listened to that thing so yeah. many times. It's a really important album. It really... I think I'm, like, finally starting to get R&B because I was never, like, a huge fan of it. Mm. and it, I know he's kind of fringe R&B and he kind of plays with what it can and cannot be, but it is definitely showing me the good aspects of it. Yeah, And time. that album was just so vulnerable and so much work was put into that thing, you can tell, and I don't know.
1: Just the same with Channel Orange, too.
2: Yeah. Just... Clearer. I need to,
0: like, go back and give Channel Orange, like a better listen because i like i think i tried to listen to it like right when it came out and i was like so hyped about like this was like right when odd future was exploding and i was like well i could listen to tyler or i could listen to frank and i would rather just listen to tyler because he's so crazy and in your face and frank (laughs) is so restrained and i don't think i could fully appreciate it at the time
1: yeah yeah well i i totally understand that because like yeah odd future is everywhere where you earl sweatshirt and then tyler you know everyone's coming out with the albums but they're all being produced by one guy yeah Ascent, i mean in large part not entirely but in large part in a large part and it gets kind of that was kind of the thing for me because earl i think that year earl sweatshirt released um doris was yeah that, i think yeah. that was the same year it's just like you know he, i mean i love all of those artists you know independently yeah and you know to an extent together but it gets tough to listen to the internet in his very trademarked style of production and like
0: those keys you hear him on like every song like yeah. that like little cheesy demo keyboard sounding and
1: and the same little ba-doom.
0: yeah badoom. really yeah
1: super super slow like
0: and frank was kind of the first person i feel to kind of break away kind Mm. of do his own i mean i think by the time channel orange came out he was on def jam records anyway so yeah yeah. he was kind of already like before he even like dropped his first actual album he was already like moving kind of away from the odd future crew so
1: which is refreshing yes definitely
0: uh black star was definitely a big album for me this year too i hope it's not just because bowie died yeah, because I, I can't help but like question like, did I only listen to it so much is because he was brought to my attention. But I mean, I don't know, just I, the gall of someone to write an album about their own death and then put it out and die two days <laughs> and then later. Experience it's just like, it.
1: Yeah, and then literally live through it. it I mean, not the death part. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, and, uh, Leonard Cohen did something very similar this year, too. Yeah. I didn't listen to Cohen's album as much as i did black star but
1: same, yeah i didn't really bite i didn't really bite into the leonard cohen's most recent but yeah i struggled with the black star one too because it definitely got a lot of play for me but yeah i kind of struggled it's like it's still i don't know it's like a fresh moon you're not really sure exactly
0: (laughs) and there's definitely a couple tracks on that that i like I truly believe I enjoy, but then some of them I wasn't a huge fan of, but I think I was just like listening to the whole thing just for like living in his death, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I would say the title track
1: definitely is in the top uh, five.
0: Black Star and uh oh, what's the uh, Lazarus. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I really like Lazarus mm-hmm. too like black star was such a i i don't think i will i've ever heard a song like black star and i don't think i ever will ever hear a song like black star but then lazarus just like really
1: especially with him passing away just like there's cut apart. me to my yeah. core tears you apart especially with such a powerful music video i mean oh yeah <laughs> such a well thought out from beginning to end it's just such a well thought out release and album and I mean, he em-
0: like literally directed his own death in a
1: way. <laughs> it, it was like, a, like he staged his own little cabaret shit yeah. for it. Like his own little wake, almost. I mean, but I, I don't know. I I think Black Star, the single, appealed to me because it was a real big throwback to me. I, I mean, you might be more. I'm
0: not that experienced with his discography as oh, yeah. a whole as you might be. Yeah, so. I've listened to him.
1: I listen to so much Bowie Jared. <laughs> no, but like Black Star, it just felt like such a throwback to that kind of I don't know, I guess I don't want to say heyday, but like the Ziggy Stardust kind of era of David Bowie. I sure. mean, through a different lens because he's, you know, 30, 40 years old yeah. then. But it was still, it was just a nice celebration to that era in itself, too, which I'm sure maybe more of that will come to me as I listen to No, sure. In the future,
0: like, I, I definitely could hear some of like low. In Black Star, I think, just because that was like Bowie's first big album, in my experience, where he started really pushing the limits of like, there were some really funky tracks on Low, like that subterranean, whatever track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it did kind of remind me, and just like, I don't know, I just, I love the fact that the main single off the album was like, oh, all right, let's just put out like a 10 minute long song. Yeah. And just let them <laughs> deal with that.
1: Yeah, and see if anyone will actually <laughs> yeah. play it which they did they did
0: nope. <laughs> you got anything else on your list do you
1: yeah i had to mention the Parquet courts album human performance
0: i've also never heard of them either yeah they
1: were the Parquet courts yeah Parquet okay. courts they were they got their start in new york as kind of like a punk rock band but then as they released more albums they got a lot more experimental and kind of goofy with it and kind of ended up You know, throughout the you know at certain times, kind of emulating that bro, you know, '60s, '70s rock. You know, we're kind of we get end up getting like records and singles that it sounds like it was written by the Velvet Underground. Sure. But it was you know no one had found the music till 40 years later. It's like
0: undiscovered (laughs) Velvet Underground music. Yeah,
1: being recorded by this band, which Human Performance isn't the greatest example of that, but it does. It makes me happy to see, you know. Especially a punk band where they're, you know, pushing out and trying to get more psychedelic, experimental, and then seeing where these products come out. This is far and away their poppiest album, but it's good because they've got some, you know, mainstream exposure. And I think this album will really help them kind of solidify themselves in the public eye.
0: Sure. And then it'll kind of force people to maybe delve into some of their more...
1: Not of, so friendly music. Yeah, weird stuff like they have an entire album that's basically about, you know, anxiety and depression, which, you know, isn't too uncommon, but. Oh, yeah. There was a. Just like an there hour. was a pretty
0: big punk rock band that put out like a 90 minute album about that last year, yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: You know, I wonder who they were.
0: <laughs> Dominic is actually, since you recommended that track, has gone super into Titus Andronicus. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he, d- he just keeps listening to that album over and over again. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah and that, that That's a still a pretty fun album. Because, yeah, it's, with that punk stuff, it's like, oh, how tongue-in-cheek is it for them? But I don't think it's tongue-in-cheek for them. I think it's definitely a way of life. Like, well, do- I know that was kind of a question that was brought up before. But...
0: No, I definitely after listening to that album a couple times like I definitely don't question their integrity whatsoever like it reminds me exactly of kind of like fucked up's the life of David where I think I think you can still be a punk band and not have to just stick to like fast angry power chords yeah, and no production yeah, you know like training, you don't sorry. need you can still have the ethos of a punk band and sonically explore what music has to offer yeah.
1: oh and yeah like in those cases where they both wrote these rock well
0: even going back rock. to like the velvet underground like they experimented yeah. all the time and
1: mostly with drugs but <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do yeah one one necessitates the other sometimes I don't know. I guess other than that. Oh yeah, back to the Prank Ocean one. I think another mention I had to do was the Childish Gambino
0: album.
1: Oh yeah. Like speaking of R and B and hip hop, you know how those two continue to blend. You know, and I think that's more of what we see because in the '90s, that's what it, there was a huge, you know, growing up there was only R and B. I mean, they would mix sometimes, but now nowadays it's, it seems like it all, it, you can't have you can't have them.
0: What did you think of? Was it "Awaken My Love"?
1: Awaken. Is that the name of the album? Or is it what?
0: "My Child"? Or well, anyway, Gambino's new album.
1: Awaken. Yeah, it was "Awaken My Love." Okay. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. I probably only listened to it four or five times. I uh, same
0: here. It's. I have like so much respect for him doing that, but neo soul and funk is just not my thing. Like, I can recognize, wow, this is like a really well done neo-funk and soul album. And also just like props to you for like not rapping on it at all and doing mm. something completely out left field. But, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can, I can understand some of that. It's, for me, I want to be excited about it because, yeah, I mean, it's Danny here I mean, Yeah. I've been a huge fan of his work for a long time. But it's, I struggle with some of the production of the album. Like, it feels... It still feels fresh. Like, it, it feels kind of unfocused. Yeah. But it sounds so good, but then, like, you know, you kind of struggle on how to deal with what you're listening to, but I'm, I'm sure if I stopped listening so critically and just enjoyed it then it would probably be a lot easier but i want
0: to be it. able to listen to something critically i feel <laughs> and i also maybe
1: it's the perfect like like a background album
0: yeah i mean yeah that's probably a good point because i uh, don't like uh the needle drop brought up a good point when i watched his review of it and he said kind of how like he made this like ode to this old music but he didn't make it his own at all like it mm. it sounds like he did covers of a bunch of old funk songs, but they just so happen to all be original songs. Ah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, where's the Gambino in there? Because yeah, yeah. he's such a unique voice in hip-hop, I feel. And I didn't hear him on that album. Yeah, like, maybe th- that... I did really dig the, the first track, the Me and Your Mama, where mm-hmm. he's, like, scream singing. Yeah. I like that a lot. But then, like... Some of his vocal choices, like on that California song, like, "You got to
2: go to California," yeah. and it's yeah. just like, what? Why did
0: is you this, think this sounded good?
1: Is this a comedy album now? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like...
1: Um, it's so. definitely inspired. Yes. It's creative, but yeah, I would agree with that. It's not there. It's not. It's not all him, but. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm being too.
0: Oh no! Don't
1: like I'm ragging on it too much because I mean I definitely respect it. It's just... he's like
0: one of our biggest listeners, Eric. I can't believe you just said
2: that about him. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely excited to see more though. Me too. I'm way excited to see more of that. Although I was kind of, th- it's like the other side of the Kanye coin, isn't it? Because he's trying to pay tribute, you know, to just like Kanye West or that was supposed to be a gospel. Yeah. Well, well, that was-
0: you know what chance the rapper's coloring book that was a gospel inspired hip-hop album yeah it's... kanye west put out one of the best gospel songs
1: this year and then just didn't do that for the rest of the album yeah, and then through yeah and decided to switch the game so i like, guess hopefully this trend will cool it pretty soon i, I hope so like if it's... you want to make inspired stuff great you be like i'm gonna make this album generally you're shooting yourself i can tell you from experience when you start with. This is how I want my entire album to sound. It's not going to work out. You're
0: listening to an album maker, folks. <laughs> Straight from the the singer's mouth. Yep, uh, or guitarist's ex- fingers. Yeah. Songwriter's hands.
1: Yeah, not that, Body. Not that my experience, I guess, is
0: comparable to Kanye West's. But Dude, you're the most Kanye person I know. Yeah, that's true. And I know Kanye. That's true. No, oh. just kidding. I just saw him in on a concert once. Oh. That was it.
1: Right, I won't do this one, because I'm not so sure, but I need to mention that gloss. Yeah. Night gloss? No, gloss. Oh, that, just gloss. That gloss. That yeah. gloss. Yeah, it's a G-L-O-S-S. It stands for Girls Living Outside of Society Shit. If I can swear. Yeah, wait. A this podcast is over. <laughs> no!
0: No, swear all you want.
1: But I needed to mention it. they only released one single this year. So I can't, it must
0: have been a good single if it made you, your mentionable list.
1: I can't, Oh you know, yeah. So I can't put it on my top albums, but I have to mention it as a band because they were a really important kind of catalyst for punk in 2016.
0: What's the name of the single?
1: So the only track that Gloss released this year was called Give Violence a Chance. Give
0: Violence a Chance. Which
1: was a really important, and I think it was, you know, kind of shows the importance of the catalyst, you know, the catalyst that Gloss was as a punk rock band in 2016, because... Cause uh, it comes girls living outside of society shit that comes from it's an all-girl band. I was just
0: I was gonna say I'm assuming it's an all-girl punk rock band. Yeah,
1: it's an all-girl and it's an all-girl and a couple members are trans as well. Okay. So that's what made it a huge punk catalyst for 2016 for so many of these disenfranchised voices in the, you know in the United States because sure. that's where they're from, but in you know in the United States to have all you know all these trans people suddenly have. You know, an angry punk rock voice yeah. for themselves.
0: Especially with how much the trans community is slowly coming more into like the mainstream consciousness, at least. Like, I feel like at least now more than ever, people are more aware that they exist. So yeah. it's good that they have like kind of a angry voice to yeah. stand behind. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I, and to me, I find it inspiring because it's, I guess it kind of, I mean, not that it needed validation, but it's nice to see a cultural, you know, a cultural phenomenon that validates that. To me, I find that to be a great strength. But I I mean, it's not like they're all role models just because.
0: Just yeah, it's not like they're, and by no means do they have to be like spokes persons right. for
1: that community
0: they just so happen to be there and they also have a voice that many people hear yeah
1: that they yeah that they can identify with but the on the on that same point that's also the reason why gloss broke up last year too it was wait so they broke up and put out a single was, or no, they broke up this year that's right okay yeah, they Wait, just like recently it's, it's 2017 it's not 20
0: today is 2017
1: so they broke up last year okay they broke up last year technically
0: after they put this
1: single out yeah after they okay. put the single out and they had gotten like a huge record i mean all of these you know these punk businesses were trying to get these people to sign to their label the
0: punk 6 sigma businesses yeah
1: they're like here, come, we'll give we'll start you off with two stripes on the belt right away. Just give us your album. And they're like, nah. And they said no. They they said that's not what it's about. Like Yeah, it's about giving a voice, but once we start you know, they said once we start taking on that money, then we're starting to become part of what we identify as, as the problem. Sure. Yeah.
0: I've been meaning to ask you, just because you're the person that introduced me to this band, what is not not to put you on the spot but your thoughts and feelings on like laura jane grace and against me and have you been like keeping up with their music at all since they sold out oh yeah oh yeah
1: big time yeah i i forget which the album which album was that they made for sony new wave was it new wave yeah was that the one
0: searching for a form of clarity i think was their last that was the one on their last (laughs) legit album (laughs) as the purists would say but no, uh, I have like just I don't know so much respect for her because she's just doing what she wants to do. <laughs> I mean, not that she again has to be the voice of anyone, but I just like you know I like that the band's still going, she's still singing, she's still screaming, and I don't
1: yeah, know. yeah, and and um, surprisingly, a lot of that original band from that Fat Wreck era is together again. yeah like they're pretty much back as they were i think
0: isn't there just like the bass player the guitarist is still
1: not uh, they or? have the they have the guitar player because okay. he, he had the really important backup vocals yeah that everyone, on, you know, you don't know, lose this, touch yeah, everyone remembers i
2: losing touch i think
1: it was the bass player someone in the rhythm section you know who cares yeah just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. But, hey you're a bass player <laughs> but my opinion on that is i i too am really happy to see you know, the out and proud kind of mentality. I mm-hmm. think it's important for people to be exposed to that because a lot of people don't look for that stuff in their lives. I like, agree. So I think it's good in that way, and I also think it's good because I think Laura Jane Grace kind of uh, invites that mentality a little more, where she doesn't mind being she, she doesn't, doesn't mind being a face of trans. No, she doesn't in America. Like. And I think that's important too, you know, so that people do have that voice. Whereas Gloss was more, it's not for you. It's, you know, it's for, for our us. community. Sure. You know, you don't get to have it. Whereas Lauren and Grace and Against Me are a lot more inclusive about that. Yeah. Like a lot more, you know, our love is the message. You know, kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And what I also really like about her too, I don't know if you listened to her interview with Mark Marin on WTF no I saw it. I haven't heard it. it it came out it's it came out a while ago so I don't know where she's at at this point but what I also liked about her is she wasn't afraid to be like look just because I'm out doesn't make everything better either like my <laughs> life is still a mess my marriage is down the hole I'm barely hanging on but at least I have control of this aspect of my life finally. And that's
1: like a good foundation to build off of, which I thought I agree, yeah. was a good message to put out there. Yeah, it's a really great. Because to be able to, you know, for anyone to be able to look at themselves and yeah, say, even this to, is yeah. what I am, like, that's awesome. It that's, is awesome. It's very empowering to see in anybody, much less someone who has to face major adversity because yeah. of it.
0: Especially the scrutiny of punk rock yeah, purists. the
1: dirty punk rock
0: six sigma buttholes buttholes.
1: (laughs) as far as the music i could take it or leave it yeah i'm not i'm not so much into against me anymore their
0: music is kind of taking a sharp turn away from my preferences but the most
1: recent one was definitely i can't remember i can't remember the name of it my brain keeps telling me white crosses but that was white
0: crosses was no i think the last one was the Transmorphia oh. Transbody dysmorphia blues yeah, Or whatever Yeah, yeah. That, And like the album Where it was like Just a chunk of meat With like a breast Sitting yeah, on top was like of it Yeah like a
1: breast And like half a face Or yeah. something on like yeah, it. Yeah it's really That album was pretty good but That it,
0: was like the first album After sh-
1: Tom Officially was after Laura the, After the transition Yeah
0: Yeah, yeah cause the white cross Is
2: garbage yeah i remember
1: i think that just stuck out in my head because like that white crosses that's pretty punk you know you know this is gonna be a good punk album Mm. like oh nope it's (laughs) anti-flag
2: whoops
0: (laughs) oops oops it's an anti-flag album do you think they said that after they like mastered it like oh oops we actually made an anti-flag oh wait you guys aren't anti flag (laughs) Against, they both have A's in it. Anti, against. It's easy to
1: mix up. Easy clerical error.
0: All right. Do you have any other things you want to mention, or do you want to no, get it. into this playlist?
2: That's
1: it.
0: That is a solid list. And I will I'll post some tracks off of those on the the web post for this that you can check out on our website. So let's move on to our first track, Disuki. I think that's how you'd say it. Does, Dasuke? Does, does, does. Featuring Shelby Sinka by El Huervo off the 2012 EP Do Not Lay Waste to Homes. El Huervo is Niklas Ockerblad I think that's how you say it. It's a sweet he's a Swedish dude. That sounds good. Um, yeah, he's a Swedish artist and musician from Gothenburg. And he's widely known for his oil paintings, watercolor paintings, video game art, and his music. Ackerblad created the cover art for um, some notable video games, such as Hotline Miami, Hotline Miami Two Wrong Number, Common 10, and a game called Else Heartbreak. And he also, I learned, frequently contributes the art to the Bandcamp Weekly podcast, which is called Bandcamp Weekly. Every, every once in a while, he'll make the art for those podcasts that he put out. He's pretty deep with the Bandcamp peoples. In 2012, uh, he had been spending an increasing amount of time with two of his fellow artist friends, Dennis Wedlin and Jon Tin Soderstrom, who just happened to have created this little game called Hotline Miami and formed the game company Denitin Games. And actually, they were. Trying to make this game, and they didn't have anywhere to stay, so uh, El Huevo was like, "Oh, you can crash on my couch and finish the game up <laughs> at my house." And while they're finishing the game there, they're like, "Hey, do you want to make some art for the game?" And that's how he ended up making the iconic 1980s album or cover art for the first Hotline Miami game. And then they're also like, "Hey, you make music, why don't you make some tracks for it?" Yeah. Desuki being one of them. There was a couple other tracks, very prominent tracks in that. If you know anything about Hotline Miami, the soundtrack for that game is well known, at least in the video game community, as a very, very popular,
1: very popular soundtrack. <laughs> that's what. That's why I had to write it here when I when I started listening to this song. The first thing I had to write down was, you know, the quote from the game. No need to thank me, no kid. Thank me, no need to thank me, kid. It's on the house. Did you
0: okay? Did you read any of the comments on the YouTube video for this? Um, oh.
1: I, scroll, I scrolled through it briefly, but so I try not to get in that. Uh,
0: oh, no, it's, it's just a cesspool. Um, there's this new meme going around. I don't even know what the name of it is. Where, like, there'll be four pictures of one person, and the first one will be, like, an actual picture of the person with a quote that they famously say. Mm-hmm. And then the, each picture of the person will get just degraded equality, and shitty and, and the, then
1: the text gets longer and so longer
0: so people were doing that with the no need to thank <laughs> me kid it's like a human being who appears to be child <laughs> yeah. the reason to thank me is not necessary right now as it is on the structure we're living in which happens to be called
1: house and <laughs> sounds like the last panel that sounds like the yeah, last panel it, right there that's, that's called the incredibly increasingly verbose that's the name
0: I've I've been looking I was like what is the name of this because I I just saw this great one with um, DMX and it's like X gonna give it to you (laughs) it goes down to like the man who
1: has been named X
0: (laughs) yeah is going has for some unknown reason through a process unbeknownst to you you have been chosen to receive something from him that will probably most likely be negative in nature (laughs) he has to give it to you (laughs) yeah
1: i remember because before i understood what that mean it was just like what is this yes like stop showing up it's everywhere, everywhere it's not, all of a sudden like if you're not in on it to me it's not that funny no. but then once you you know once you you know once you're not once job, you know the mean then, then i mean. guess it's all right yeah but... <laughs> then it feels good man. Dot jpeg. yeah <laughs> all right it's too bad i didn't see that one on the
2: youtube oh page. yeah so it's probably if what I...
0: you go back to the, the youtube <laughs> Literally, like after the first couple comments, it's just everyone like some play on no need to thank me, kid. It's on the house.
1: <laughs> what in the world? What are we
0: commenting on? Oh. Uh, anyway. Tangents aside. Memes aside. Memes aside. I also found out that he's in a band called Crystal Boys, who I've never heard of before. I've never but heard of I dig his solo music, so I'll probably check it out if it's anything like this. Hmm. Um. So I couldn't really find out too much about him. He's this really chill dude. I found this pretty interesting interview with him. And he's got some pretty dark, interesting philosophies on life. But I'll just post that on the website if you guys want to read it. I didn't want to get too far into that because it gets kind of dense. And I also couldn't find out a ton about this EP it was one of the first EPs he put out shortly after the hotline Miami success it, uh, I think about half the songs on it were featured in the game uh, this track the Suki uh, features the Romanian born musician Shelby Simca on guitar who I found out was one of the founding members of the DC post-hardcore band, Frotus. I don't know if hmm. you've ever heard of them. i never heard of them. No. And he's also in a vaudevillian steampunk band called The Cassettes. Hmm. I like the guitar in there, though. Oh, and I also found out he is also a graphic designer and did the album art for the Dillinger Escape Plans album, Ironworks.
1: Are you kidding? Yeah. That's such a great cover. Right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, movie. so
0: the guitar on this song... This is the same guy who did that album art for um, Ironworks.
1: Oh, nice. It's all connected. Small world. Yeah. I, so I found, too, I was kind of Googling around for the guy, the artist. Was, his Tumblr is just filled with these crazy art things. Yeah. Very, very, very incredible watercolors. Yeah. Like, it, it was very mind-blowing, which it kind of helped kind of put some perspective on the track itself sure it it, it was i guess to me because listening to the track by itself like i know dominic has said this before but with the shorter tracks like that it's tough to project a lot of or even pull out a lot of meaning yeah other than it
0: just being a song yeah
1: especially when you're you know when you're this close to it you know yeah when you kind of know what the intended emotional meaning in the game is but i would say that the paint coming back to it the paintings really kind of helped show that it's the that kind of softest because to me it, it, the the track had a really nice like acid jazz kind of vibe like sure. a slow like trip hopper acid jazz kind of slowed down kind of vibe.
2: yeah vibe, definitely
1: which i liked and that's kind of what the painting showed too was Like a slow, like a slow burn, like a really, you know, brightly colored,
0: very brightly vibrant color. Yeah, slow burn. Yeah,
1: and and you can hear that in the song too, in the production where all the sounds sound huge. They almost sound blown out. Like you listen to that bass part, and it sounds like it's just
0: like the audio peaks almost a bit with that bass, just.
1: Booming yeah. underneath everything else. For the piano and the bass meet together, yeah. it's just like, oh, oh no, it's <laughs> gonna break. But it doesn't, thankfully. But
2: yeah,
0: and no, his uh, was... his paintings definitely have like a, for lack of a better term, like a Dio de los muertos kind of Mexican, like sugar skull kind of vibe to yeah, it. Definitely. Some of them do at least, which I think is really interesting coming from this dude who, like, he like to make those paintings he like goes up into the swedish mountains to this like little cabin and just paints by himself for like a month just alone yeah yeah no his i think as much as you could say this about many artists like his album art and single art is very important with the music he puts out like they definitely complement each other yeah yeah
1: definitely yeah i would agree with that and say that there's a specific mood to the piece but yeah it's beyond that it's you know, in terms of music, it's there's not a lot to give, I guess. I mean, other than sounding really good, you yeah, know, and it's, having that specific it's emotion, like but.
0: the chillest song that isn't like just a straight up ambient piece, I feel like are yeah. you like this is like, especially when you hear it in the game, it always takes place right after your character's just committed some it's just dumb. horribly atrocious murder slaughtering. And you're just kind of like, taking your first breath after this horrible thing just happened and this dude is just being really nice to you yeah yeah don't <laughs> no need that, to thank me kid yeah, it's just works,
1: like it works so well together it's kind of the like calm nature of the song with the friendly nature yeah. of the character in the game and, so. and it really just feels like going
0: like <sighs> <sighs> like finally letting like taking a breath
1: yeah it's kind of uh, another thing i thought was kind of fun too like once i got the the you know once i taken a look at the paintings then you know it made a lot more sense for the song to you know you kind of have you'd imagine yourself sitting like in a beach you know at a beach at sundown with oh. those like dominant bright oranges and yellows Like i
0: definitely like just sitting there like closing my eyes listening to it i can't help but feel like i'm like in a corvette driving uh, in can't. like miami on a hot and humid night just like soaked in neon light yeah silhouettes of palm trees on both sides of me kind of it's crazy how well that song captures. and he somehow like made that image sonically yeah
1: yeah which i think is an important thing to bring up because it's the the painting the paintings and the at least from what we you know the small amount we've been exposed to yeah. so far you can see that it's a pretty specific creative vision that he has sure and how it comes comes out in these different yeah. ways which i think is really fun like, i definitely at agree. first i kind of thought it detracted away from the song but once you kind of think about it as a as art as a whole and it kind of gets a little more fun i don't know for no, me personally
0: i definitely agree I little interesting fact not that it's confirmed but someone had mentioned this and i looked it up the piano i i th- I don't know if it's sampled. I'm guessing. I think he actually performed it, but then sampled his own playing of it for the song because it's a bit chopped and screwed. But yeah, definitely. Something. It's a. It might be a piano rendition of a song from the Super Nintendo game Secret of Mana. Oh, really? Yeah. There's this song called "A Wish." I'll post a link to it, and you can. It's like the same melody, pretty much, but you know, it's chip tuned, beat boops. Huh. So it definitely sounds like. It is a great coincidence at least cuz they sound almost exactly the same. Holy moly, I have to go back and listen to that yeah.
1: cuz I I'm a huge fan of Secret of Man, Yeah, so. <laughs> Great game.
0: And you can tell if you read that interview I posted of this guy, like he he is deeply inspired by video games. Like mm. the reason why I got into art music making was video games. Yeah. So like it's a huge part of who he is. Another little piece of this El Huervo puzzle. Oh, we
1: have a little puzzle. You can see on the paintings too, kind of, you know, to a degree where the paintings are about, you know, a lot of them are portrait, like character portraits. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of glean little stories from, you know, just what they're wearing or what they're standing in front of. Or, yeah. Like you can see, yeah, that the that, that design is definitely important. That's cool. I didn't realize it yeah.
0: that. Yeah. And I guess going back to what we were talking about earlier about some of our favorite albums of the year, he just put out an album this year called. Vander Rear which at first I didn't think was like one of my top albums but then I was looking at my Spotify and it's like I've listened to that album probably more than any of the other albums oh, you know yeah. it's instrumental trip hop music so it's yeah. nothing like super like intellectual but it's like just so chill and soothing and catchy at the same time yeah I highly recommend it If you dug this track it's pretty much more of the same yeah you have any other thoughts you want to mention about Um, Dasuki
1: yeah I guess one small thing was you're talking about the sampling yeah and I think that definitely showed yeah it definitely (laughs) shown like <laughs> yeah. like i mean i do really like the song but yeah there were just enough tiny little hiccups you know that kinda, oh, that like kind of oh like kind of take out of
0: it where like the loop doesn't perfectly doesn't
1: quite get there yeah so it's like that's that's what i had to write down it's like the the melody i guess the, if you could say there's a melody but the melody quote-unquote in the solo it was definitely very like lackadaisical and free-flowing and mm-hmm. you know like that you know wind at the beach kind of aesthetic yeah But then, uh, still, like, the drums and the bass, like, with those levels, that has to be so meticulous, you know, and then then to drop some of those attention to details for something as crucial as the loop is kind of like...
0: My only thought about that is just, you know, I think this is one of the first songs he ever put out, so it might have just been a rookie mistake. But I guess if he was so meticulous one part, why wasn't he with the other
1: yeah, and it could yeah that's be a good a, point I, it, i'm not sure it could be intentional you know to yeah. create that feeling of a little a bit disconnect, of disconnect dissonance kinda, you know, or something like that yeah. but that was my last point oh, oh other than i totally jammed out yeah. that song on guitar like I, I oh just, you played along with it <laughs> just play with, yeah, solo i could right. see
0: that would probably be a really good track to groove along to, because like there's, there's a nice chord, there's and... a nice like flow going to it but it's also minimal enough where you could just Put wherever you want on top of it, probably. no,
1: exactly. Yeah, and like I said, it's like going chord, so. yeah, because
0: the, <laughs> the dude playing his guitar, he's just kind of like tss, fucking around on the guitar anyway. It kind of sounds, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you know. so
1: if you play fast enough, then it makes the other ones just sound like a backup. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Let me just step Let in me just front see, of yeah. you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you. right, That's
0: well, it, though. let's move on to our second track, The Grudge by Tool. Oh, boy. I got a little bit, oh boy, a little bit of notes to go on with this one. This is off the 2001 album Lateralis. Uh, Tool is an American alternative metal band from Los Angeles, California, who formed in 1990. Um, due to Tool's incorporation of visual arts and very long, complex releases, the band is generally described as a style-transcending act. And, as well as being kind of an alt metal band, they've also have roots in progressive rock and psychedelic rock and art rock, and some might even say new metal, but I don't <laughs> want to really go there. Um, we definitely kind of got roped in with some of those bands, but they're also very distinct from those bands. I would say I, I would not compare Corn to Tool
1: or Limp oh, biscuit yeah. or Slipknot. Oh, <laughs> or... big time! But I can see at the timing, like. Uh, what do I call this? Yeah. It's like it's like Limp biscuit, I guess. Ugh. It's like oh <laughs>
0: we just, we, just, we both just threw up in our mouths <laughs> a little bit. Uh so I I never read this before. I kinda l lo- I was trying to I never really thought about it, like, oh where, where's the name Tool come from?
1: Hmm. Uh this one I think I remember.
0: So yeah, there, there's a couple for a long time they uh were telling their fans this story it's pretty interesting so early on the band fabricated the story that they formed as a band because of the pseudo philosophy of larkymology have you heard this term no lacrimology i'm not even sure i'm pronouncing that right it's l-a-c-h-r-y-mology no because i think it's malarkey like nonsense like larkymology So according to the band, there was this man named Ronald P. Vincent, who wrote a book called The Joyful Guide to Larchemology, which inspired them to form a band. According to Tool, quote, in the summer of 1948, Ronald P. Vincent, a crop spray contractor, moved from Kansas to Hollywood after his wife had been dismembered in a bizarre snowplow accident. Inspired by the unrelenting pain he felt, Vincent penned his first and only book, A Joyful Guide to Larchemology.
1: Wait, isn't that a pretty similar story to Scientology? It uh, (laughs) it probably is. (laughs) Yeah. So allegedly, Larchemology is the
0: science of crying as therapy. Oh, okay. Uh, But then after just years and years of diehard tool fans like trying to track down this book like they were like mm-hmm. contacting like the national library of congress or yeah. whatever like is this book anywhere on record and like i i dare you go on google and tar- type in larchumology and try to find a website that mentions it that doesn't also have something to do with tool yeah already. so they yeah, came yeah. out and be like oh you know it's totally tool uh it's Classic Tool, joking to kind of shroud themselves in more mystery. Like, it's classic Maynard James Keenan.
1: Yeah, like, it's fun, but it's still involved. Yeah,
0: extremely involved. Uh, So eventually, Maynard, the lead singer of Tool, eventually, in a rare interview, spoke about the meaning behind the name, and he said, Tool is exactly what it sounds like. It's a big dick. It's a wrench. We are your tool. Use us as a catalyst in your process of finding out whatever it is you need to find out, or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. <laughs> yeah. So that's essentially the.
1: That's the one the I.
0: Concept behind it. I'd heard as well. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of Tool is their incorporation of art in their music videos, live shows, and album packaging. Adam Jones, the band's drummer, doubles as the band's art director as well as the director of their music videos and tools famously known for their stop motion animation incorporated in their music videos and usually in some capacity there's actually only like two music videos over there is that the band actually makes a physical appearance and it was their mm. like first two music videos ever yeah uh, and actually the band won a grammy award for the al- the album packaging of their most recent album 10,000 days i guess i actually never held a physical copy of it but it came with a set of stereoscopic lenses mm. And all of the artwork was like three D and yeah, yeah. came out at you.
1: And have that. Yeah, the a uh, typical like eyes. The eyes and art thing. Yeah. I don't know how you'd call that.
0: I I always I like associate with like I don't know. It's
1: like a kaleidoscope. Yeah, but... like a
0: kaleidoscope of eyes and spirituality space <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's a it's a distinct style. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure what
0: you'd call it, yeah, but it's it's Tool. Uh, to date, the band's actually won three mm-hmm. Grammy awards. Another one being for this album we're talking about right now, Lateralis. They won a Best Metal Performance for the song Schism, off this record. It's their uh, third studio album, and it debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charts. Sold more than 50. 500,000 copies in its first week alone. uh, Certified Double Platinum by August 5th of 2003. And is currently ranked number 123 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's definitive 200 list. In uh, January of 2001, the band announced that they were going to be putting out this new album that was going to be called Systema Encephala and provided a 12 song track list for this album they were allegedly putting out with songs titled such as River Christ, Number Reft, and Sefatalus Music. but And then this was also right at the time that file sharing networks such as Napster and Kazan LimeWire were huge. And so all of a sudden, all those networks were just flooded with these (laughs) bogus fake tool albums with fake tracks that were named after this alleged list that they put out. (laughs) And then a month later, the band revealed that the new album was actually called Lateralis. And that the whole Systema in Cephalia was just a ruse.
1: It's a prank. Classic tool. Yeah. Uh, Lateralis is. You a- think these hardcore, hard-core tool fans have figured it out?
0: I'm kind of <laughs> disappointed in you, guy, you 20 year old, 20 years ago tool fans. Yeah.
1: You infants.
0: So, Lateralis is supposedly a. Uh, is it Port Mantu? Is that the word when you combine two words yeah. i think it's called portman Two. it's a combination of the leg muscle which is the vastest lateralis and then the term lateral thinking <laughs> i didn't find any like i don't know if that's for sure that's just a theory i found
1: Yeah, right? that's a theory yeah i'd um, say that's, that's the thing with tool it's
0: it's a lot of theories a lot of what it could be yeah <laughs> <laughs> the title track Lateralis. It's a very interesting track. It's inspired by the Fibonacci sequence. Uh, This is going to get a little dense, so bear with me, folks. The theme of the song describes the desire of humans to explore and expand for more knowledge and in a deeper understanding of everything. The lyrics, quote-unquote, spiral out, which... Actually, that's that's a... lyric from the song, and this refers to this desire, but it's also referring to the Fibonacci spiral, which is formed by creating and arranging squares for each number in a sequence of 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, so on. And drawing a curve that connects the two corners of each square, this would allow it to continue onwards, theoretically creating a never-ending and infinitely expanding spiral. So Maynard used this, and I think he even gets down to like the The syllables of his words go in 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, so on. Yeah, right. And also the time signatures of the song. The song goes from 9, 8 to 8, 8 to 7, 8 time. And the number 9, 8, 7 is the 16th integer of the Fibonacci sequence. (laughs) So that's kind of some of the stuff Tool does in their songs. That's what they, yeah, that's what they like to but on them. the other side of things, the song Mantra is literally just a slowed down sound of Maynard gently squeezing one of his cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are your two sides of tool right there.
1: Yeah. Which, Interesting, but Yeah, which is definitely a lot of fun, which I mean yeah, when you're trying to write songs, some sometimes you know, you get ideas like that to do that, but then the application ends up being a little tougher than you imagine. But that's yeah. one thing that you can't tool for it, is that they've taken those lofty goals and they've executed it extremely well. extremely well every time like it's incredible
0: i listened to a couple interviews with maynard talking about this song lateralis in particular and how he's like yeah i'm never gonna do that again yeah like how much of a pain in the ass that was to yeah. actually pull off but yeah the lateralis is a great track but we're talking about the grudge the grudge so another there's this is another dense song too. The entirety of the grudge is an uh, esoteric ode to the astrological phenomenon known as the Saturn transit. The Saturn transit is known as a period of transition and, and of transition like into like adulthood, especially like in uh, I guess it would be Roman mythology when Saturn was around. Uh, this is often witnessed as a rapid elevation in career or family or other life responsibilities. But it can also be a time of great struggle and strife if the individual going through cannot approach the period with the right mindset. And I I did all this research on this song. Like, yeah. It references uh, Roman mythology and the god Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> it speaks of the astrology of the actual planet Saturn. It talks about the Kabbalah and the different levels of meaning. But I think it's also important that there's a much more shallow takeaway of don't be a shitty person. Don't hold grudges and the importance of forgiveness in one's life.
1: I agree with that big time. Yeah. And I think that's, that is one of my favorite parts of the song. Yeah. It was that you're able to take concepts that even to this day, like I spent a bunch of time trying to figure out exactly what the Saturn is Saturn one ten. Yeah. What is this supposed to mean to me exactly? And there, I mean, there are a few ways that you can look at it. Yeah. Like you said, it can be generally viewed as like Saturn, well, what's it called? Uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember. I didn't write it down either. But yeah, the idea that every... Saturn ascending or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like every 27 years... You and get it your, returns
0: back to your, where it was when you were in your birth spot or exactly. whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, like that could be one iteration, which would make, you know, which makes can make sense for mm-hmm. this one. You know, every... You know, they say you, you only get so many chances to make that decision to not be that... You know that that hateful, per- you know, that sure. person being weighed down by your own grudge. Where he says, you know, you're you're spending too much time. What was one of the lyrics? Protecting your keystone. Like, yeah. You're loving your keystone. Clutch it or, like a
0: cornerstone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
1: what was the other line too? It was unable to forget your scarlet letterman. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's referencing the scarlet letter. I love that line, yeah. and it's so perfect too. Like it so perfectly encapsulates that, you know. I I, I mean, it works for that explanation where you only get those so many, you know, those few chances to say, you know what, you can do what you're going to do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let it weigh me down anymore. Like, I'm not going to let this, you know, this hate, these terrible grudge feelings be that cornerstone towards my emotion anymore.
0: Yeah, it's it is such and I, I appreciate how effortlessly they can pack so many references and astrological meanings. But you can still just kind of give the song a shallow listen, look at the takeaway of just you know, mm. forgive and forget, yeah, be right. the better, take the higher road, yeah. be the better person.
1: Or or you can go down the
0: or you can go down the rabbit hole like that. Saturn 110, What that, does it mean? Yeah. So like from the research I did, the the line that Eric's referencing is Saturn ascends, choose one or ten, hang on or be humbled again. So I'm not gonna take credit for this. I was looking at the. The popular website Lyric Genius mm. where a bunch of people annotate stuff with their own theory so this is a theory I found so in an astrology planets ascending refers to when the planet comes back to where it was when you were first born which some people believe have implications on your life so, like Eric was saying, you know, every so often you get this chance where Saturn's ascending, coming back, Saturn being one of the most feared planet gods, because he's known for bringing hardship and difficult trials to one's life, but Saturn also shows you your limits and helps you to break free of them and become a better person. <laughs> so the the 1 in 10 is allegedly a reference to the Sephiroth of... Ka- the. A reference to the Sephiroth of Kabbalistic Tree of Life, where one is Kether, the first emanation, and the higher path, while ten is Makluth, which is the last Sephiroth and considered to be the lower path. Mm. So essentially, every once in a while you'll be tried by Saturn, and you can either take the higher path and hang on, or take the lower path and be
1: humbled again and fall down to the bottom just to start all over again. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't think about that as being applied to the Sephiroth. That's interesting.
0: I mean, I would never have done that unless someone
1: had pointed me in that direction. Yeah. But, but that's yeah, which is funny because you know, that was kind of what gave. That's kind of where I drew the line. Yeah. On getting into this stuff <laughs> because I started reading some of this stuff and it's like it's so much. It's it's kind of like that. Uh, well, I don't, don't want to make it too political, but I'm it's like you it. you start to like pull in that con- you know conspiracy theory kind of stuff yeah. at that point like. You're like, oh, here's this one comment from this guy three and a half years ago, and he only has one thing to say about it. And it's you know, it's about one in ten. It's like, you know what? I'm just gonna <laughs> do something more productive with my life. <laughs> yeah. And and I think part of the reason, part of the reason that's what drew me to the song too, is because that, that's because that first listen that frustrated me, but then second, third, fourth, fifth listen. I kind of started to like that that mysticism of me mm-hmm. not understanding exactly, you know, with uh, not understanding exactly of each know, the one and each little reverence, yeah. yeah, which kind of brought its own little, you know, wide eyed mysticism to it, which I thought was pretty cool for the lyrics.
0: I definitely agree. Like, it kind of like as being someone who tends to want to know everything, it was kind of like. A nice practice for me to like as Maynard says at the end of the song let go yeah, let, let go. go let go and just enjoy period. it for what it is yeah, let go period yes and also that scream Holy shit. Yeah, the like,
1: what, seven minutes was it? Yeah,
0: that, yeah. Like, it literally goes from like like the seven to 6.59 seven, mark oh, yeah, to like, like, like almost like the 7.30 mark. Yeah, it's like, like 7.24 or something. Wow. <laughs> and this has got like Maynard for being a metalish band, he's not that screamy of a, a vocalist. Like he yells and he can do a lot with his voice, but he's not like your standard screaming metal guy. So I find very impressive that he can do like a 30 second long scream
2: yeah yeah and I mean, it
1: and it, I, I wrote down the screams too i mean it's definitely impressive scream. Yeah. don't get me wrong but i had to write them down because it really felt like the screams were kind of what was separating the song into three acts there i would say sure like with the with with you know when you have your first scream that ends our little intro kind of mantra mm-hmm. I, quote, I guess i can't say mantra because it's on the same it's not song, mantra. But... But because it, it's not mantra of the song, but it is mantra. It is kind of a mantra for what the song is going for, mm-hmm. and then that scream separates it so that you have the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the song there, and then that, you know, the second scream kind of lets it, it kind of puts that, you know, like I said, that that punctuation right at the end of the lyrics, yeah, to kind of kind of send you off, I guess, you know, back to, send back to your 27 year your next trip 27 around. year <laughs> <laughs> trip with Saturn. But it's, but yeah, like 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 I said before, like we had talked about, it, it's tough to look at a tool song and know what's intended to and what's just kind of like, oh, we'll just do this and maybe it'll.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, this, for all we know, we could just like we as fans of Tool could just be projecting a lot of thing exactly. that they yeah. never even but intended they, in the
1: first place. It's just like they're just screams, yeah. they're not separating anything. It's one eight minute song, yeah. which is very speaking
0: about that. the eight minute long song, it doesn't feel like it's an eight minute long song to me. Like oh, sometimes yeah. eight minute long songs feel like, okay, did this really need to be eight minutes long? <laughs> yeah. I feel like they balance like they have this ability to make these like long tracks that somehow never get stale but they never also like veer too far off like into like a prog place where it's like okay you made a 16 minute Mm. long track but you took five songs and squished them together yeah right. like they always ride this fine line between like consistency and evolution and experimentation it feels
1: like no solos there's no solos in that song there's no there's not one no which it speaks to the i had to write it down it's so easy to talk, you know, when you talk about this song, to say this, but I mean, when you ha- when you talk about Tool, you have to talk about the impeccable composition of the music. I mean, so even even if that you know singing type of singing isn't for you, or or I know a, you know a point they have really unique guitar and bass sounds. Very. Where unique. like, especially, yeah, especially for like their contemporaries, <laughs> where yeah, it's a lot more drum and bass. Is the focus and the guitars i mean the guitars are still there it mm-hmm. sounds great but it's not like i said a lot of their contemporaries where yeah. the guitar is just melting your, you know it's, your face off right it's not in the forefront which i always thought that was interesting yeah people they're definitely a metal band it's like well the guitars aren't very metal they're not really metal at all he's not screaming all the time no but,
0: it's kind of weird that they do get lumped in with that so much, but I guess for like ease of description, yeah, what, what else are they gonna do? What else
1: are they gonna call them? But yeah, that's I just had to get that. The even even though it's not a Fibonacci sequence time signature, it's still the mixed meters that they do have in there, and the and the syncopations that they put into the syn- their transitions. Yeah. Uh, their transitions are just
0: the syncopation really kind of gives like even in like the low moments. Where it's more calm and not as much is going on, it always feels like the song is at least crawling towards something. Like it's always. It feels like it's constantly building up almost. Yeah,
1: or grinding. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. Just always
0: moving in kind of like. In weird, odd way, unsettling ways, but it's still very pleasant to listen to. Yeah,
1: I always think of it in my head, I always kind of think of it as like a. Like the drum circle of sure of the of the United States, except instead of you know, it's just people with guitars, yeah. you know, in the circle. And I would say that, that that those little passages have a similar meaning or a similar feeling. I would say, kind of, kind of lurching along, kind of, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> building. There's like a heat to
1: it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Say,
0: you have any other thoughts on the Grudge or?
1: Oh, I got the. No, I think I got... Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, my All biggest right. I got on my <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on to What's Saturn? Our... <laughs> what is Saturn?
2: Gosh! All right,
0: let's move on to our third track, Dead Eyes Open by Cinema Strange, Ooh. off the 2002 album The Astonished Eyes of Evening. Now, I want to preface this with... the When it came to mind doing the research for this track... The only two websites i could really find that said anything about them one was like an old archived fan page from like the early 2000s like which like i remember a, looking at like an old like geo Cities, angel fire ass website yeah. and the other one was the german wikipedia article on the band that i had to use google translate into english yeah All so right. i did what i could folks i'm sure there's going to be some factual inaccuracies but i'm I'll, I'll do the best I can. So Cinema Strange is a gothic punk death rock band from California. I found death rock is a subgenre of punk rock incorporating horror elements and spooky atmospheres <laughs> that emerged on the West Coast in the early 1980s. Uh, the band formed in 1994, and from what I gathered, they didn't see much success until a German record label noticed them and started putting out their records in germany hence the german wikipedia page i think uh, yeah <laughs> um
1: the, A the mysterious band yeah at
0: least <laughs> uh i found this this i wanted to read this pretty great quote from the google translate oh, yeah, wikipedia page sure so you. this is this is the their wikipedia page translated in english quote for years they were receiving in the u.s have a record deal a hot tip of the gothic scene of the west coast until 2000 by the german record label Trissol were given the opportunity to publish their discs in large numbers in the ancient world end quote Ooh, sure. yeah. <laughs> so this might explain why one of the only sites i could find about them was in german because they were huge in germany and yeah. actually they still perform shows, mostly in France and Germany, not so really, much. Really? They're still
1: performing?
0: I don't... They're not putting out... The last new music The Cinema Strangers put out was in 2007, but I found on YouTube just this last year in 2016 they performed. Nice. At this horror fest in Germany. Oh my gosh. I, the lead singer, whose name is Lucas Lanthier, actually has a new project called the Dead Fly Ensemble, and hmm. that's what he... I think some of the members of Cinema Strange have also joined that, and I think between 2007 and now, that has been the majority of their effort. But just this last year, I think they started doing Cinema Strange shows along with Deadfly Ensemble shows. That'd be fun.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's good. They're still going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so. Oh, okay. So and I a little. <laughs> so this Deadfly Ensemble group. They are self described as chamber wave music, which I believe is somewhat related to this weird subgenre I stumble across called neoclassical dark wave music, hmm. which is a subgenre of dark wave music that is characterized by an ethereal atmosphere and angelic female voice, but also adds a strong influence of classical music. Hmm. Oh. And the lead singer does kind of have a more feminine sounding voice yeah very false he does the falsetto a lot yes he does
1: so So
2: yeah
0: and he also dresses very feminine too if you've ever seen pictures of him usually wearing night gowns like macabre looking
1: yeah i've seen so yeah some some huge gown you know makeup and huge
0: hockey corpse paint face Actually, I should it should be noted that the reason why I even had this song in my library is because Eric and our old mutual friend Sarah introduced me to this band. Yeah,
1: me too, introduced me yeah. to the band too. This
0: I remember Sarah had, like, pictures of the bass player in one of her notebooks. Yeah, And yeah, thing, I, mean, I was like, who is that? She's like, oh, it's my favorite band, Cinema Strange. Yep. <laughs> and then that's how, like, then an MP3 popped up. I'm like, this is the only song I have by them on my computer. The goth band. I, oh, this I don't is even the have one? An, I don't even have an album of theirs. It's just this song. Oh, I probably have an album kicking
1: around somewhere. Oh.
0: Yeah, album. so the album is called The Astonished Eyes of Evening. I believe it's their second album. And this track, Dead Eyes Open, I found out has a sub- title yeah 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 dead eyes open or how the woman in the attic fled never to return see the mp3 i had just was called dead eyes open so i didn't even know it tells the story of a deceased mother who reunites with her living son and sort of i don't know i I read the lyrics a bunch and it kind of sounds like maybe she was like haunting a portrait or painting of herself that was in the attic or something yeah yeah well, and like, then her son comes back and she's like who is this ugly man you know, this beautiful oh,
1: ugly man yeah the beautiful ugly man yeah that's, that's that that uh, other person yeah that was tough yeah the lyrics i think are They're intentionally are supposed to be kind of a little stream of consciousy. yeah maybe. yeah and I, I think kind of intentionally yeah. misleading but a few i don't know a few i if we, if i can no know. yeah go into it if you're if you're done, I am done. It was the there is a lot of perspective changes in the song.
0: Yeah, and, like that's that was the thing that confused me. I didn't know who the perspective was. Like even in like a single line, sometimes it felt like it, it felt switched. like it would change. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no,
1: <laughs> no, not at all. I agree because I struggled with that too. It's like well, well, this first verse. It's just, for me, the first verse I thought was pretty clear because that that first verse was about. The Woman in the attic, yeah, and it was about her fleeing. I like, I yeah. thought that was pretty clear. Yeah. It was her getting away, and, and then the second verse, I just thought I just kind of took it as instead of it being from someone's point of view, it was kind of like telling a fanciful tale of how death lives, you know, in our world, sure, you know, or well, I didn't write the quote down, but the line is. Like, I am porous. Like, I, I'm porous, I am like like a cloth. I forgot, oh shoot. It was like, I'm porous, I'm like a cloth, I'm everywhere. Kind mm-hmm. of like, you know. So I kind of took that as that that was the point of view for that second verse. Sure. And then the third verse, where it switches again, where I don't think it's, any, it's again, I don't think it's any one person's, but it's that story of how that woman who fled has come back to, presumably, either take away this dead person, or... You know to inflict this dead person because
0: yeah, she's she's saying she or the the person is saying like has he forgot i shall remind him yeah or i'm going yeah i'll
1: remind him yeah oh yeah. yeah i'll show him and yeah I, I that's what i that's what i take away from the perspectives Yeah. you know we have our first verse of the woman fleeing from I guess the horrible condition of living in the attic? Oh, yeah. Maybe the attic wasn't so bad! I don't know
0: if I'd want to live in the attic, I guess. Yeah.
1: But it's a place to live. So and then I guess she like became Death, I guess, in the second verse. And then in this third verse she's coming, you know, as the Frost. To, yeah. To yeah, the Frost. take and him away. Did you... So, like,
0: the, the only YouTube... the YouTube video I found was paired with this like claymation clip. Clay. Yeah, did you watch that? I did i have no idea if that's like actually this the music video for this song or if some person just had this creepy little claymation that and somehow just perfectly fit together, with the yeah. song yeah. that's a I, the claymation is like it adds a whole nother layer to this if it is supposed to go along
1: with the song well, that's the way i saw it it was like you have to look at the question is this related is it connected and when i look at the perspectives in the verse i'd have to say no i don't think it i think it's there yeah it could just be something that we've never seen before yeah. that they just straight up stole yeah. or someone made it for them yeah because or... i didn't
0: because there was no like they don't have any social media presence
2: yeah, so there there's there's no like official information on there's it. so
0: like i don't want to start like drawing parallels and connections because i don't think it's related but yeah i just better to be safe i don't mean, because that, that's like a whole other like What's the meaning of this word with the dude hanging off the roof or the people yeah, jumping right, right. out of the windows yeah. or the
1: cat or the cat kicking the other cat? Off. Yeah. I don't that's why I chose to stick to my yeah, pers- my I, narrative. <laughs> I think that is a
0: good way. I feel like it's a very kind of tension-filled song cuz like it feels like it's leading up to something that you never quite get to. Hmm. You know, there's kind of like these like really fast I don't, I don't know off about music, but like beyond just kind of like the guitar and bass, there's kind of like, it sounds like almost like stringed instruments just going like the whole time, (laughs) but it never like crescendos or climaxes ever, which I feel like is probably intentional. It's supposed to kind of leave you feeling weird and creepy and off.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's an important point because it does come together. It just doesn't, it just doesn't come out like a lot of, well, like music a, that like a new
0: metal song, which leads up to like the big, yeah, or a huge, like a, or a bass drop and like yeah, a, or a dubstep, huge, song. big ass breakdown, yeah.
1: or something. It doesn't lead towards that, but it does have those high pitch, you know, faster stuff. Yeah, at the beginning. that's true. And then as it comes to the end, everyone's
2: pretty that's much true. playing in that same
1: way. It rhythm. happens, it just it it happens just so slowly. I guess I exactly. don't notice it. Yeah, almost like you know, her frost of death. Oh, like,
0: that's really cool. Yeah, uh, well, they got uh, me. Uh, Good one, Cinema
1: Strange, but I don't know, maybe, maybe not. No, but, I think. I think you're right. I mean, but I just have a lot of fun with this song. I love with this band. I love it. I love that there's way too much reverb. I love the falsetto. I love the you know, like you said, stream of conscious lyrics. Even the bass has like 500 <laughs> units of <laughs> reverb on it. It's just mind bending. And I
0: love that there's like also just like it's just you know, it's like the voice, the guitar, and the bass. Like it's not like heavy percussion or anything in there. Yeah, oh, none. Yeah, true. And yeah, his voice... I don't know, his... Even, like, the echo on the voice is just, like... And he, he almost... It's not, like, an accent, but he's just, like... He sounds like... If there's such thing as, like, a macabre accent, like...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a like, like a really... He
0: has forgot! I shall remind him! Yeah. Like, it's, it's
1: very... It's such a great falsetto... Yeah. And it's still, yeah, I would agree with you. It's like, a, like he's doing like a little secret, uh, like Robert, it... uh, like a little secret, uh, Cure impression. Yeah, there.
2: yeah, <laughs> or even
0: just like, just theater, musical theater, kind hmm. of just kind of like a flamboyantness to it. Yeah, like a yeah. uh, caricature
2: almost. Like. Yeah.
0: Now, it's, it's a very unique sound. I I mean, I can't say I've listened to a lot of just, like, straight-up goth music. Like, The Cure is probably, like, as deep down that path. And, like, this feels like deep, true goth music, which I can't say I listen to all the time. So this, I, I don't think I've ever really heard
1: a song like this before. Yeah, we're too close to the sun, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is too counterculture. <laughs> it's my my uh my years at punk company dude
0: your liberty spikes are falling
1: off as i'm watching you right now (laughs) one by one but i have to get back to the composition of it because like i said i love that it's so fun and dark it's so meticulous and i love that i mean i every you can tell every tiny string is so particularly placed and i just can't get off of it i love it like, it's so whimsical, fun, you know. It, it's it's a fun-sounding song. Yeah. And, it, you know, the way he sings the lyrics are really fun, too, while still maintaining that really dark undertone.
0: Yeah, I will say it's probably the most fun, creepy song I've ever heard. Yeah, it's life. the most
1: fun song about people dying.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> death creeping on us like frost.
1: Yeah, like fr- the frost yeah. in our eyes, and our yeah. dry eyes.
0: And I, I do appreciate, like, I can definitely tell that he's telling a scary sort, a scary story, and it's a little surreal. But no, like, even beyond my inability to like fully take in the the story, I can still just get this like sense of dread that they're putting out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in a good. Oh, yeah, way. that was
1: the other part yeah. I forgot to say was, oh, it starts with those high instrument thing. I think it, I think that does really give you a sense of anxiety behind yeah. it, like those really high strings, and the really kind of. I don't want to say off-kilter, but the really... um, You know, how the bass kind of fills in against the guitar. Like, that kind of makes you a little anxious, too. Because even that's, like... That tuning that's super low, that's gotta be like his drop B or something. It's so low, sure. Like, it's too bad the quality wasn't just a little more because then you could feel that, you know. Yeah, but I would say all of those just those little details it just provides that perfect scape. You know, at the beginning, it's kind of anxious, kind of unsettling, and like even I I wrote that each verse kind of has its own musical twist. That first one's a little more anxious and brooding, and then the second one's a little you know, a little less, you know, a little less anxiety, a little more smooth. And mm. then the third part is that soft, you know, everyone all everyone together. Playing together, Yeah, that soft all together, you know, and we're going to die,
0: you know. <laughs> and the vocalist, I definitely think is singing with the most kind of confidence at that point, like mm. accepting like, I'm death and I'm coming for you. Where before it's kind of like, oh, what is happening? Yeah, yeah almost yeah. like, yeah,
2: like the crack, there's a the confusion cabaret. to it. Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that you picked up on that, no, all I, that same stuff. Me too. That's yeah. a really fun song. There's no. I definitely
0: to... I need to check them out more if I could find some of their music.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck. I guess. I guess cool. we'll have to go for. Gotta go to Germany. Fly supper club. Yeah. What's it called? <laughs> dead what? fly supper club. Oh yeah. <laughs> <I> can't remember. <laughs> dead fly brigade. Uh,
0: the dead fly ensemble.
1: Ensemble. Oh, they close. actually.
0: They perform in like la all the time i guess we gotta go. i i kind of feel i don't want to say I feel bad but like i was checking so like the Deadfly ensemble does have like a social media presence what but like they have like 200 followers on twitter but they're like <laughs> they're like playing shows and putting out music all the time i just i'm hoping that maybe the goth community just doesn't care about social media and like they know yeah they just know because so this guy seemed this Lucas guy. He seems like a very passionate musician like he's been no putting joke, out albums for years yeah i mean so decades he's got to have a following of some sort
1: oh we gotta crack in there yeah or something.
0: all right let's move on our next track we're we're getting there the mask featuring Ghostface Killa killer by danger doom off the 2005 album the mouse and the mask danger doom was a hip-hop project consisting of danger mouse and mf doom danger mouse being brian joseph burton an American musician, songwriter, and producer from White Plains, New York. He came to prominence in 2004 when he released his infamous Grey album, which combined the performances of Jay-Z off his Black album and the instrumentals of the Beatles off their White album. He's also known for being one half of the Gnarles Barkley with CeeLo Green, he's also one half of Broken Bells with uh, What's-His-Face-From-The-Shins, Jason Mercer, Is it, uh, or something Jam- like that. James Mercer? James Mercer. That sounds right. Yeah. Let's go with that. And then he also, in 2010, teamed up with Sparkle Horse and David Lynch to make this crazy-ass album <laughs> called Dark Knight of the Soul, which features everybody. He's also produced The Gorilla's Demon Days, Beck's uh, Modern Guild, a bunch of Black Keys records, a Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, record, a Nora Jones. He's, he d- he's done everything. Super producer. He's even, like, I think he was like on Adele's album last year, yeah. and, and ASAP Rocky. He's been nominated for 18 Grammy Awards, won five of them. And MF Doom, <laughs> he's a whole other Another world super unto himself. Another <laughs> uh, Daniel Dumail. British recording artist from London, best known for his super supervillain stage persona, unique lyrics. Uh, he's taken on several stage names throughout his career, but Metal Face Doom or MF Doom is his most prominent one. And the amount of collaborative projects he's done. Mad Villain with Mad Live, Doom Starks with Ghostface Killa, JJ Doom with Gennaro Jarrell, and Nuvarian Doom with Bishop Nero. He he's been everywhere, worked with everybody. He's been doing it. For for years (laughs) I think he's like 50 something he has to be Uh, his name comes from the likeness that his iconic mask shares with the Marvel character Doctor Doom which I found out was actually an actual prop from the movie Gladiator They stole one of the helmets from the I'm guessing some friend had access to old movie props and they literally just took the faceplate off of it and put straps on and that's what his mask is from (laughs)
2: nice yeah
0: Yeah, the two, uh, Danger Doom and MF Doom and Danger Mouse had previously collaborated a couple times, such as on Gorilla's track, November Has Come, before they joined forces to put out this project. Uh, There were talks of a second Danger Doom album, but it never really happened. Boy,
1: do I remember that. And
0: there's, there's, right in the heart, right in the feels. And there's kind of an unspoken third partner with this project, which is, of course, adult swim um both their only lp and the ep they put out contain samples vocal performances an, and references to various adult swim shows such as aqua teen hunger force space ghost the brack show family guy futurama harvey birdman 12 ounce mouse squid tons of them so the album the mouse and the mask is their only official album they ever put out and it was actually put out on the punk label epitaph records which was actually their third hip hop release ever. I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, I didn't either. And of like I said, this track features Ghostface Killer, who is actually he's come up many times on this podcast because of all the Marsh Grilly talk. Uh, okay. uh, Ghostface Killer, Dennis Cole's prominent member of Wu Tang Clan, legendary, legendary MC. MC and producer and also a little interesting fact going back to sparkle horse he actually plays guitar on this bass guitar on this track oh really before the late sparkle horse rest in peace mm. yeah didn't want you to get too happy eric i gotta knock you <laughs> he's dead
2: it's uh, a sick bass line though it is a sick bass line
0: <laughs> and then of course this track also features my favorite mc brack, brack and no, his right, good old yes. pal zorak <laughs> Who we are, of course, from Space Ghost, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, Cartoon Planet, and The Brack Show. This song samples three tracks, Sadness Theme by Franco McCalese, If You Only Had Time by Nova Local, and Rhymes Dealer by Ted Atking and his orchestra.
1: I think that second one is only in the song for like 10 seconds. Yeah, I think it's the
0: I opening it's clip where the person singing Can You Not Hide Behind the Mask yeah, or whatever. Yeah.
1: Was oh yeah, it's a, kind of a tricky line, but yeah, something about don't hide behind your mask. Yeah, which is funny talking to MF Doom I mean, Ghost and Ghostface killer Both fairly famous for wearing. Brack
0: kind of has a Ghostface Killa ma- or a got
1: MF Doom mask too. He's got a little mask too. yeah oh. so what do you think of this track? Well, this is another one on this list that I loved for a long time. I I really loved it for a long time. And this I, song specifically. Well, or just the whole Danger Doom project. Well, the Danger Doom. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, mostly anything, either of these people. Yeah. Have done, but yeah, I would say Danger Doom definitely again had a lot of love for me because that's where I was introduced. That was kind of my jumping off point for I, some of these people.
0: Actually, this was kind of my introduction to MF Doom for sure. Yeah. And and, I had and probably I, Ghostface Killer too because I, I never really listened to Wu-Tang all that much.
1: Yeah. At that point, I was still pretty, you know. It's only rock punk and rock roll yeah, punk rock six sigma. <laughs> six sigma and this was a good kind of you know to get legends like well t- uh taller qualities on this album too. yeah he is And so it kind of helped put some of these legendary mcs into my peripheral In meatwad yeah I and mean, the classic <laughs> the classic uh lines of meatwad <laughs>
0: Yeah. Actually, I found out that Meatwad's rap on this album is actually just a verse from MF Doom's album M "Food."
1: Doom "Food," yeah. I yeah. <laughs> see. That's like I go back and forth with that Adult Swim stuff. Like, is it fun? Uh, yeah, sometimes. I think, it's... I think.
0: the good part about it is, it drew me in in the first place. Because, hmm. like, honestly, that was probably. Because MF Doom's kind of all over Adult Swim, like he used to host like Christmas specials. For yeah, them.
1: and he would make a lot of the bump. Like, yeah, the, the music bump bumps.
0: music. Yeah. And so at first I was like, I remember Corey Landgraff, our mutual friend. He's the one that gave me this album, and
2: because oh, I
0: remember he was listening to it one time in our dorm room because we were college roommates, and it was this, all of a sudden someone was rapping, and all of a sudden like Brack is talking and Zorak, and I'm like, what are you listening to? <laughs> it is a little maybe cheesy and campy at no. times but i don't think it's too intrusive in the music you know it's usually kind of so sectioned off to like the intros and outros yeah the middle's still just solid in your face danger doom
1: i would agree with that they like a lot of hip-hop albums if there are you know that skit mentality yeah it's usually on the peripherals of the song sure which is good but yeah, sometimes it like, just kind of takes you out of it because, like, some of these line i mean, the the lion the verses are all pretty good, and then this song especially because this to me feels like a really big victory lap kind of song for them. No, oh, definitely. Like 2005 being a very important, you know, very important era for these people, and then the, I mean, it just comes through in so many, so many of the lines where it's they're speaking, you know, yeah, they're speaking to their influence and standing that they already have in mean, a community of hip-hop around yeah. them
0: and I thought it was very interesting too you have two verses one from a guy who still heavily relies on this mask and mystery and character and then you have Ghostface who used to be that person but a sense shed his mask Yeah, and so it's kind of like you're seeing like these two different perspectives on it like the before and after almost and like that first line from Ghostface he's like when I took off my mask I lost myself for two or I lost my face for two days because yeah, no. no one no one knew who who it was on stage with Wu Tang like who's that other guy because yeah. even in the music videos when we didn't have his mask on you wore like a sock over his head or, like yeah, or a, ski mask ski mask and, yeah, yeah, yeah the baliklava or whatever <laughs> so
1: yeah, it was, I wrote that down the day I took my mask off. My face was missing. That's what days. it was. Yeah, because yeah. no one could recognize him. And MF Doom makes a reference to that too. Where it was, uh was, oh, didn't did write it down? But he had the he had a pretty similar reference to that where he was. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm the villain that can still slide up in your party for free. Like,
0: yeah, because no one knows who no he one, is. Yeah,
1: so he he knows that he's the villain, but you not know, everyone else. It's still yeah, it's just so dude.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Brack's verse at the is pretty good too. Oh, <laughs> they take a lot of naps. Hey, it's your
1: mouse. Where'd the beat go? I love it too because I love the sense of comedy that they have about it. Because that's you know that's what it would sound like to someone who's pretty unpracticed. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I, and that sense of that sense of you know comedy about yourself really comes through in the verses too. Because they're the, you you know the verses. Well, I said they are like a victory lap and they're triumphant. They still have some little. Kind of self-deprecating little nods to it, or you know, kind of yeah. cheeky little, like the Bill, like uh, the Bill Clinton, the Bill line. Clinton mask with my play school hammers. Like, like he spent the, you know, the the chunk of that verse saying, you know, you know I, how legendary I am in this, but I still, you know, will clown around, I'll mm-hmm. clown around with my Bill Clinton mask of all things, which is how many masks, how many masks,
0: sorry. how many masks? Are Do
1: there? we even know that this Ghostface face killer is not a mask? Two? That's true. Is it still... Oh, man, is it still... He might have just taken off one
0: mask just to be replaced with another, with another one. one. And what's under that mask? The one thing... Another mask. My one little gripe. It's not even a huge gripe. And I feel like, me personally, I run into this problem with MF Doom. is like He has such a unique flow, but it's always exactly the
1: same. Mm. And, how do you mean, like in a Danny Brown kind of it, delivery kind oh, of way, or kind
0: of almost like, like the first time I heard MF Doom, I thought it was genius because like it kind of almost sounds like sometimes he's just throwing in words to complete a rhyme, but it still makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is awesome, but then after a while, it's just like, like how am I trying? He's almost like too talented, and it's like I get desensitized to it almost. Yeah, yeah
1: like how he'll he'll kind of throw stuff in to make you kind of throw you off as yeah. a listener you know?
2: yeah
0: like he's almost like I don't know if this is a fair comparison but it almost reminds me of like Eminem sometimes where it's like how did you just rhyme those two words together but you somehow oh, hold yeah. it off
1: mm, yeah.
0: and I guess maybe it's not a gripe it's just like something that like sometimes gets in the way of me appreciating the song as much as I feel like I should because yeah. I'm like getting caught up on his 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 rhymes But i think that's also a good thing because no one does it like mf doom he's such like a unique voice and i really appreciate it so i'm not telling him to stop Mm, it's just i think it's some more of a me thing it's not it's not you it's me mf yeah
1: yeah. it's not you it's me jared (laughs) It's the point of entry for jared yeah but i can i can see what you're saying with that yeah but i think i would say even i mean it's tough to see where the line is for self-reference in that because even in the song it has that line where he says my head's on straight but my mask's on crooked yeah that's true he's so he, could... like he's even aware of it yeah so. so it's it could be you know very intentional that he's just trying to put a slant on the, you know just kind of trying to check those new people a little bit and see if see if they can <laughs> fuck off can are you cool enough to listen to this
0: <laughs> that's true maybe i didn't get through the entry gate
2: hmm. man
1: But there's, honestly, my biggest complaint was, like I said, it's, the whole record is triumphant, but it's shallow. Because of the the Adult Swim stuff. Well, not even that. I mean, that didn't, that didn't help. Like I said, that totally rips you out of the listening experience. But most of the tracks on there, like I said, it's mostly about this victory lap that these two people have. And that kind of gets it's great for hip-hop i mean a lot of people use that but it just kind of wears you out it gets a little thin it does but i guess if you're just listening in background the raps aren't great the tracks are great no yeah especially in this we should
0: mention like danger mouse's beats on this track are top notch like they're just so grooving and awesome which is not an awesome way to say it but i don't know what
1: else (laughs) to say it like they're just sick sick beats bro yeah but other than that yeah that was that was mostly my opinion on the song i really i thought it was fun with how much they're playing with the mask idea in the song like mm-hmm. it's just too great to pass up and it just ended up being a lot of fun yeah.
0: all right let's move on to our final track puritania by dumu borgir off the 2001 album puritanical euphoric misanthropia I which i think should that. be the name of the next the next misanthropes album yeah, that was good nice oh, thank you
1: We'll just have to call it, like, two. Just
2: <laughs>
0: Puritanical euphoric Misanthropia Volume 2. Volume 2, by the misanthropes. Mis- by the misanthropes. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's dot org. <laughs> um, Dünnberg Gear is a Norwegian symphonic black metal band from Oslo, formed in 1993. Symphonic black metal is a sub-sub-genre of the sub-genre black metal, that emerged in the mid to late 1990s that incorporates symphonic and orchestral elements to the extreme sound of black metal. Their name is derived from a large area of unusually shaped lava fields in uh, eastern Iceland. That's actually just called Dimagorgir, one word, which uh, the in Icelandic... The word dimu means dark and Borgir means city or fortress. So it means dark fortress because the way that these rock formations look kind of looks like old collapsed citadels, and castles. Very cool. Yeah, it's actually one of the biggest tourist spots in Iceland, I guess. Makes sense. I was checking out some pictures. It looks pretty cool. It sounds like the exact thing you'd make a metal band. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially a symphonic black metal band.
1: I guess that I don't know. (laughs) I guess that's uh, up to interpretation. Yeah.
0: Uh, the band has been through numerous lineup changes over the years with guitarist Selenos and vocalist Shar Groth being the only original members of the band to date. Uh, when the band first started their sound was much more classic black metal I guess uh, They were heavily inspired by bands such as Dark Throne Mayhem Emperor Venom, Celtic Frost but the
1: classics
2: yeah.
0: Throughout the years, they became much more progressive and symphonic. Uh, Many black metal purists consider the band's second album, Stormblast, to be the act's last true contribution to black metal. And that they've since became a mainstream, watered-down, shallow, frail shell of what they once were. Mm -hmm. Some people really like their new sound. So the, the... Six
1: Sigma metal people didn't didn't like this. (laughs) They did not. The the black metal, sorry. The the six, the
0: black belt metal. The black. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a horrible
1: joke. Holy moly. Um, I love it.
0: Yeah. So throughout the years, they began to, uh, add a lot more synths and symphonic arrangements. They stopped singing in Norwegian and began singing in English. And they even added, God forbid, clean vocals to some of the tracks. Uh, so this album puritanical euphoric misanthropia is the fifth album by the band and was the first album of theirs where they utilized real orchestrated instrumentation in place of just keyboard lines and the album's title refers to the euphoria one experiences when practicing strict and rigorous misanthropy, misanthropy yeah, sure. which i'm sure you're very familiar with yeah, being a misanthrope of yeah, uh, the
1: misanthrope being misanthropic myself yeah
0: you get a do you get euphoria from your puritanical usage of
1: your not, misanthropy? Not me, not me personally. But I can respect <laughs> it. I can respect it.
0: All right, there's there's a definite respect. Also, some could say your your band's music is an ode to those who can.
1: To, yeah, yeah, we we just hate it so much, but it just has consumed all of the feeling. We have you're, nothing. We have nothing left to feel good. Yeah, about.
0: you don't. You are miss. You're, Your misanthropy is so deep that the euphoria has just been replaced with more misanthropy yeah it's
1: you need more more and more more more, it's like
0: it's like it's like meth you never get as high the first time and you're always just trying to get back to that high and you just can't can't, quite get there except you
1: can't overdose on it
0: you just (laughs) i bet i'll find a way to overdose on your music um yeah so this track puritania you know, it's basically about how the human race is garbage. And at first, it kind of seems like maybe there's like these robots or aliens that are gonna kill us off. Yeah. But then, if you if you read a little bit more into the lyrics, you realize that oh, it's how it's humans that are killing themselves because of is our it? need for war and lies. And...
1: is it though? I don't, I, know. I don't know. That's that's the problem. Yeah, that it, was my first problem with the There's song. no consistency in the message. I mean the. The music is good. I honestly, I'm a huge fan of the symphonic kind of black metal stuff, which I guess I'm a sellout. Fan. But I really I like, like it. it too. I like the sounds of it, and I like the full organ sounds. Like you can hear that the organ sounds on this album are huge and lush because it is a real.
0: It's a real orchestra. pipe organ. Yeah, and,
1: and you not know, a real orchestra. Like it just, how can you not like that? <laughs> But, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're into metal for the black metal, then, yeah, strings aren't your This solution.
0: probably isn't for you, but, like, I, I think I read a couple of things where, like, and I, I have to agree with it, where basically, like, it is, if you want to describe it that way, you watered down black metal, but for what it is they're doing they are the best at it like, yeah. this is probably the best symphonic black metal music you will ever hear That's kind there's of the it's so well produced there's so much it's just such a big sound yeah because like black metal i feel can often come across as like really lo-fi and tinny sounding because like they're so busy being brutal we don't care about production <laughs> we're here you feel the grandiosity and wonder that a full orchestra yeah.
1: sound can throw on top of you. you get swept into it. Yes, yeah. with them, with the waves, you know, the orchestra. Yeah, but yeah, the lyrics. But the lyrics. Oh my god. They're such a joke. Like uh, I mean, I guess if uh, if I look at it as like an aesthetic, like if I if I look at it from a vantage point of okay, humanity, humanity needs to die, then mm-hmm. the lyrics are fine. I guess you know what, if you're trying to look through you know look through it you know for some perspective or some kind of so okay let's try and look at it critically <laughs> so it starts off with those robot voices you know you know yeah. this will be the the end of mankind and these robots we okay. will do
0: away yeah. with
1: your Kai. which could be a reference to something that
0: I—I'm I, I, sure that's a sample from some movie. Yeah, that, Dude, I that can... sounds like such. It doesn't sound like Shargroth's voice. I no. can tell you that much. But I
1: mean, there are other pretty heavy voice productions. Yeah. Plays. So okay, but anyway, so we look at it. We try to look at this for perspective. So yes, it's a say it's robot or aliens or, or something. Yeah,
0: gods it's or like, something.
1: It's like okay, but then as we get into the middle part, the first or the second verse, then it starts to get a little more, like, allegorical. We're, we're, we're kind of drawing these comparisons to, like, to, in some way, what Satan would be doing, where he would say, I am... I am war, I am lies, Yeah. I am, Exactly, and then the last verse I think ties in with that as well, where he'd say that I am light, I am,
0: I am laughter, I am smiles,
2: yeah, I'm I am tiny smile. worms, yeah, which
1: is <laughs> tough because when you have I am I am worms, I am smile, that can also that oh, could also okay. be indicative of our robot yeah. alien overlords, yeah. I am, a, to learn... I am the
0: cosmic storm. I am the earth defiled. Yeah, I think he says those too. Like, there's no, it's not consistent in the message, which kind of just leads me to like. Takeaways like this is just for pure entertainment. I exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can't you can't sit here and be critical because there it's just
1: like a theatrical performance. Yeah, yeah. It's Doom little, and scary. It's a little mood piece. Yeah, yeah. Which is equal parts frustrating and fun. But in terms of how it fits in the album. Perfectly. Oh, like if you're listening to the album all the way through, I would have to say this is probably one of my favorite tracks. Oh, by far,
0: dude. The the guitar is so punishing. (laughs) It's just
1: like yeah. Well, I think it's more of the oh yeah the the, the double the double bass the double kick drum blasting. Yeah, it's
0: just and the the robot vocal effect is a bit cheesy but shargroth just normal i don't know how he does that with his voice
1: i am the cosmic snob. yeah like
0: is, is that the human voice shouldn't be able or... to do that yeah that's something no, i can't i've seen this dude live that's just his voice that's just how he does it like he can just he's not screaming he can just talk like that like in between songs he's like
2: hello minnesota yeah and like, it's just like,
0: like how he's do, you, how those do rocks you do that yeah too. <laughs> just like a little pouch in his neck that, like, gravel is just sitting
1: in or something. Yeah. That's amazing. But then he can also just talk normal. Like, if you ever... But I know... I, well, speaking back to the theatrical thing, I mean, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something you could definitely train. Oh, I'm sure. You know, like that falsetto thing we were talking about with cinema streams. Yeah. I would guarantee that that's some kind of dramatic training that oh. lets him... Sing out so fully and so emphatically. Yeah, they can project
0: without yelling, cause you know he's just he's singing. He's not like, ah! yeah. It's just yeah. he's just kind of like normally singing, but it's such a loud, distinct sound, sound at the same yeah. time. So I would bet that that's it's I'm funny. sure he's yeah some sort of classic
1: theatrically trained something. A dramatic trick. <laughs> yeah. Still sounds great though. Yeah. No, no two ways about that. Yeah. How do you... Holy moly. But oh, yeah! Like the song on its own, no legs. <laughs> it doesn't have any
0: hooves to stand yeah, on. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. So, mo- no do mo- you have a? If you had to pick a favorite track of the five, what do you think you'd go with? Oh,
1: man, if I had to pick a favorite, gun to your head. Oh man, well that's tough. Well, I can definitely because you say... kind of dug a lot of these tracks. I feel. Yeah, well that's the thing. I'm a huge fan of a lot of these groups, but I, it can't be Demi Borgir. It can't be the Mass. So that would have to be... It can't be um, Daisuke. Dasuki. Daisuke. So we got The Grudge, and the we grudge
0: got dead, dead Eyes, eyes open.
1: open. I think I'm going to have to pick Dead Eyes Open. Just See, because it's think... a little more fleeting of an expression, it's a little more... I don't know, I don't want to say authentic, but it's a little more I'd say cost. It's... it's a little more like a... It's a little more... Um
0: the word i'm looking for not unique but uh novel i would say novel yeah it's more novel that's a really good say. way to put it Yeah,
1: i would have to say that over tool because tool is so monolithic they are <laughs> like you can't you can't exist in the united states not and like me. rock music without hearing about tool yeah. whereas this is refreshing like it's, this is a fun novel like tune like you said it's it's nice that's that has to be my favorite goddamn hipster yeah too hip man i would
0: probably have to go with the tool track i do appreciate so much how refreshing and novel the cinema stream track is but like that i just the monolith has swallowed me i guess that is all i can say but they're all pretty great tracks in their own Everyone, no, I, everyone wins. I get that, though. I feel yeah. like
1: I'm betraying Tool by yeah. picking
0: a cinema I won't but... tell Maynard if you don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, Maynard. I think they'll be
1: okay. I think they'll get over it. Yeah,
0: yeah you think so?
1: Is <laughs> he sipping from his wine.
0: It's his wine in Jerome, Arizona. <laughs> Planning to go on the next Perfect Circle or Pucifer tour. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll finally put out that Tapeworm album. Who knows? I'm likely. Well... That'll well, wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for sticking it out with us. This was a very, very enjoyable conversation. Thank you very much for being on, Eric. Thanks for having me. Well, um, is there anything you want to plug? You want to plug your misanthropes? Or... Um, I, I would, but we're kind
1: of on. Well, you can
0: still enjoy their sounds on SoundCloud. That's true. SoundCloud. Or Facebook.
1: Yeah, facebook.com slash misanthropes music. It's not the misanthropes.
0: If you want to hear me while listening to the misanthropes, you can go back to our episode that one of their songs was on, the music showcase. I'll link to it. Uh, You can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash shuffle on twitter at shuffle podcast on tumblr .tumblr shufflepodcast.tumblr.com or send us an email at shufflecastpod at gmail.com check out our website www.jrdsctt.com slash shuffle click on our little amazon link and you can help support the band or the, the podcast while doing your normal shopping
2: and
0: yeah that's about it You also don't have to do any of those things if you don't want to. Um, here's your your track list for episode 26. Whenever that's gonna come out, you got the Hell Song by Sum 41, Too Many Puppies by Primus, Die Slow by Health, Summer Overture by Clint Mansell and the Kronos Quartet, and Lightspeed by Matt and Kim. Another
1: another dope playlist. Yeah. uh,
0: Are you sure? I did not that literally that's how it came up oh, oh this is this is scripted
1: we <laughs> are gonna have to take eric out he knows i know too much, much. <laughs> i know too much <laughs> Just all right
0: kidding. well this is how we've been anythings lately uh eric say something offensive
1: offensive yeah I, fuck <laughs> i guess